All right, we are live. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have my dear guest, Katura Rosado here in the house. And she is going to supposedly show us how to master our mindset and turn our setbacks into comebacks. Now, can you do that, Katura, for real? <laughs> I believe that you certainly can. And um, it was possible for me. And because it was possible for me, I have dedicated my life's work to ensuring that it's possible for so many other people who are in the thick of so many challenges in life and are just waiting for someone to shine the light or for them to shine their own light in that situation so that they can identify what they need to do to move forward. All right, so that seems like a yes, people. So here we are, we'll see what we can do and see what you can share with us in this latest episode of The Authority Project. All right, we are back here. Um, from that crazy little intro, wonderful. So, love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so, Katara, we're gonna have some fun today. It's a Friday. Yeah. Uh, on this, upon this airing, for people who are <laughs> on live now or will see the replay. So, tell us, Katara, first of all, who you are, personally and then professionally. Okay. So, personally, um, I am a. Uh, an island girl at heart. I came to America when I was 16 years old. So I've been here in this country, this amazing country, by the way, uh, for the last 22 years. And it has truly been home in more ways than I can imagine. Um, in this beautiful place, I've had the, I guess, privilege of <laughs> saying that I've been able to get married twice. Uh, but the second one was definitely a hit for me. Um, and the first one was as well. I produced four beautiful children out of that marriage and I learned and grew a lot. I, I really grew through that uh, time. Uh, on the professional level, I am a mental health practitioner who also works as a mindset coach specializing in women's empowerment uh, through intuition intrinsic motivation and healing of issues within the tissues. Um, there are so many angles that in the field of mental health and in the world of mindset work that you can go, but uh, this is specifically important to me because one of the things that I identified within my own personal development were some of these very areas where I had many, many of those, again, issues within the tissues that were tucked away and were my defense mechanisms for going through life. But until I was willing to take a look at some of these uh, challenging areas that were creating a lot of roadblocks in my life and do the necessary work um, a lot of it was suffering work, but it was necessary. Until I was able to do that, I did. I, I I just kind of went around and around and around in a vortex of experiences that really did not define my true character and that uncompromised identity that I believe each person has the capacity to live in and to be a 
grounded in. So, um, so in a nutshell, uh, so that's where that's the angle that I come from. And so a little bit of personal, but a lot of professional and the work that has been done through, um, through the academic acumen and from the professional acumen, I bring all of that into uh, my work to inform the work that I do with clients. Okay, great. So uh, a big part of this whole episode is turning your setbacks into in, in turning it into comebacks. Tell us more about your story, Katara. Dig, so, dig, dig deeper with us for a while. Let, let, let us know about you. Okay, okay. So um, I'm one of these people who gets very transparent very quickly. This is one of the um, skill sets that I've harnessed. And in my work, I really endeavor to do that with clients because I find that we typically have a lot of these surface conversations. And, um, you know, sometimes the questions are asked to us, how are you doing? What's going on? And we say, I'm fine. I'm good. But inside we are crumbling. Um, <laughs> we are crumbling to bits and pieces. And um, I found myself at that place in life uh, about seven, seven to eight years ago. I was doing well professionally. I was on my way to making six figures. I had just transitioned from being a high school teacher to getting a corporate job. So that kind of um, shifted things for me where, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're a teacher, you're not getting paid. Everybody knows that. You, you love the work that you do. You love the kids. You love the impact. But um, income, you know, was something that would have been nice, and I happened to stumble upon uh, an opportunity uh, in corporate America that was beautiful. However, I was uh, I was at the most bankrupt time of my life when I was making the most money, <laughs> and that is something that a lot of people uh, experience. And what was mostly bankrupt for me was the willpower to continue in my marriage. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of events happened around that first marriage that, that ended it. Um, within a year, I went through this, oh my, I, I think I call it, um, <laughs> I, I have a name that I call it, but uh, just for the sake of time, I won't. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'll just- no, it, go, I'll, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll call it, I'll call it what it was. <laughs> I went through what I call a YOLO spree, and mm. um, and it lasted just a year. But when I got remarried, I had to identify a lot of pieces within myself where there was a lot that was showing up for me again in a brand new marriage. And so obviously, it made it quite apparent to me that some of the issues that I thought were external uh, were actually internal. Um, issues. And within the first five months, it had gotten to the point where um, I could have, um, my marriage could have potentially ended. And um, the man that I am married to, thankfully, he looked at me. And when I said to him, hey, if you want a divorce, I completely get it. You know, you can, you know, you go your way, I'll go my way. I had been married before. So uh, the fear of divorce and the big taboo around something ending for me was like, eh, okay, I can handle that. You just, you know, maybe start over again. But my husband looked at me and he said, you're my wife. Why would I do that? 
Um, and it was a very simple, conf- just a very simple response that he gave to me. He said, you are my wife. Why would I do that? But what that did for me is that it shone a light in a place that I had never really given myself permission to look. Um, and I tell people all the time, you know, and from the work that I do, you can tell that I am very uh, heart centered, you know, social work, teaching, those jobs are heart centered work. Uh, and in my case, I was, uh, I describe myself as the mother Teresa to everybody, but I was Medusa to myself. Mm. Um, and but not just me, that is something and a pattern that, especially as I've uh, shifted my focus to work in the area of women's empowerment, in the area of mindset mastery for women, these are recurring themes that I see so many times where people are being that Mother Teresa, whether on their job, as parents, uh, in relationships, uh, in, in their social spheres, but then they're Medusa to themselves and they're not taking care of themselves. They are not loving on themselves in the way that they're pouring out love onto um, other people. And so, uh, so, so that took me down this, this self-development road and this inner healing, specifically inner healing road. And so funny enough, I had all the credentials. I had all the, 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 (laughs) all the credentials and the formal training, but dealing with my own internal um, issues. And so after that period of time, when I got to that place where I could come up for air and say, whoa, not just whoa, but begin to see the evidence of the healing in my life. Um, I I gave it a name and I called it my social recharge. Uh, This was my social recharge. And over time, this just organically grew where people started noticing uh, a very tangible difference in me. Um, And as a result of that, I started just sharing and talking, which grew into me being invited to speak at workshops. And from there, I said, wait a minute, you're spreading yourself thin. You're doing workshops and you're still going in and out of people's homes doing crisis intervention work. Um, and I had to make a decision what I was going to evolve into and who I was going to evolve into from there. And so um, so this is how the social recharge was birthed as a business. Um, and all I, all I pretty much did was take all the work that I've done on myself and all of my professional acumen and uh, craft it into what I call the social recharge blueprint. Awesome. So I wanna dig into a few, a few things there. Um, first of all, in my experience, because <laughs> I think everybody goes through a little bit of mental mental health. They need some kind of everybody needs work. Needs to, needs to work on that. We all have a past. Yeah. Uh, we all have things that are you know that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that if we're really true to ourselves, there's still issues that they don't really go away. Right, they don't really go away, but there, 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 there are steps where you can you can finally overcome them so that they're not a burden to you anymore, not, not a brick wall. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, like right now, step by step, what you what you do for for people who 
you know, who've had those setbacks are still coming up or you know, still trying to deal with those setbacks in their lives, how to come back from that? What is your step-by-step process for them? Okay, and so I would love to tell you the step-by-step process, but can I just preface it with a, sure. a, a set of thoughts? Sure. Okay, so one of the things that, and I try to make things as simple as possible, you know, um, I, I don't try to bring in a whole bunch of terminologies and, and things that people <laughs> won't remember. I try to frame it in a way that that somebody could say, yeah, I can, I can totally get that. I see that. That's me. So, you know, there are two uh, frames of mind that we uh, come from. Um, and the first frame of mind is to be con- uh, condition based, right? So the conditions around me are determining what I'm going to think and how I'm going to react. Okay. However, you can be freedom based. And so when you are freedom based and, you know, this is a lot of me condensing my work so that we can fit the time. But so to be condition based, what does that look like for somebody? That looks like them being reactive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Completely reactive to the situations around them and not being able to be grounded, to be centered, to identify solutions in the midst of crisis. Uh, One of the things I say is that you can turn any crisis into a celebration for good. And people go like, what? Turn a crisis into a celebration? (laughs) (laughs) It is absolutely possible, but it is only possible when implemented correctly and when really one is seated and grounded in the right frame of mind. Now, there are so many frames of mind that we can have. And when you think from a subconscious level, your subconscious doesn't know. It doesn't know what's real and perceived at the moment. So when you're feeling these emotions, when you are in the emotions that you're in, your subconscious is experiencing and re-experiencing those things. And these are some of the areas that we re-traumatize ourselves, Condition again, conditionally re-traumatizing ourselves. And so when we kind of take that shift and we go from being condition-based to, um, freedom-based, this is where we begin to identify the faculties that we have to stay awake. And what is what does it mean to stay awake for me and within the work that I do, and especially within mindset work, is that um, from my experience, personal and professional, I've seen that many of us, we kind of go through life sleeping. You know, we get to a point and, and I'll tell you, uh, without going into too much details about my own personal life, I had gotten to a point in my life where I was like, how the hell did I get to this point? Like, yeah. how in the world? Um, and I just pointed as my YOLO spree, but we're adults, so I'm sure you can kind of figure yeah. out. I, I think yeah. we've all been there. Like, where? how did I get here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, the, 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 practices and the the steps that I'm about to give you, what it ends up doing is it gives you that power to keep your spirit and your consciousness awake. Um, And so the way I, the way I frame it is number one, we have, well, not number one, but overarchingly, we have to be in presence right? Be in presence with ourselves, be in presence with our heart, be in presence with our spirit so that we, we are operating from a higher, from a higher standard, a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of operation. Um, And so I have 
four basic systems that I teach within the social recharge. Um, and within those systems, it's, you know, I would, I aspired to be an A student when I was, you know, in high school and college. So, uh, <laughs> so, so it's, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all <laughs> right? but these systems can only be implemented in our lives when we make some shifts. And so to answer your question, you want to shift your attention. You want to shift your awareness. You also want to shift your application. And then finally, the area of accountability. So those four areas within the social recharge blueprint, this is where we comb through and we identify the areas where attention, awareness, application, and accountability are either working for that individual or not working for the individual. Where are they being... Um, condition, where, where where the conditions around them are impacting their attention, their awareness, their application, and their accountability, and where they can make that shift to turn it around to a freedom-based response. Now, um, for anybody who's listening and who may say, well, Katura, I'm not going to have any time to work with you. I want to kind of dig in and understand a little more. What does that look like? The simplest way to make that work for you is you ask yourself on each system one specific question. So question for shifting your attention would be, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And this is that, that coming awake period, right? What am I doing? Many times we just are doing because we're accustomed to doing it. We're doing it because it's been, again, conditioning. So that word conditioning shows <laughs> up for me so very much. I sound like a broken record. But mm. by the time people are done working with me, the one thing they know is, whoa, am I being condition-based or am I being freedom-based? And the idea of, of, of being free and unbothered, that, that you know, it, it sounds, you know, so... Um, like that, that urban kind of thinking, right? I'm free and I'm bothered. But really, that is where we need to be, free and unbothered by the circumstances around us, free and unbothered by the situations, because then you really are the capacity that you need. It's it's really in you. Um, so, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. So let me go back to- mm -hmm. <laughs> No worries, no worries. So let me go back to the questions. So when you talk about shifting your attention, and so with each domain that we're going through, with each system, there's a lot of combing through and a lot of work that, that, that's involved. But asking yourself, what am I doing? This is something that anybody who's listening today who is dealing with a specific challenge, right? They can ask themselves, what in the world am I doing? And when they answer, answer that question in the seat of truth. You, you, cannot, you cannot do this without being honest with yourself. You cannot do this in denial. You, ca you cannot do this in a place of um, cognitive dissonance. You, you, you cannot, because when you do that, you are depriving yourself of the solutions that are right there in front of you, the, the solutions that are right there available to you, right? Now, number two question would be um, for awareness. What am I supposed to be doing? 
And this is where we go into a lot of the meta cognition, you know, the meta thinking, the let's, let's really understand what we're thinking and let's think on that. Let's, uh, mm -hmm. Let's inform our thinking of our thinking. And I know it sounds very redundant, but it's really not. Um, and this is where we go from that subconscious way of just con consistently doing, doing, doing what's not serving um, us in our higher selves. Uh, and, and we come up, we come up and we look outside of the situation and, and we see we begin to mirror for ourselves what's really going on. What am I supposed to be doing? The third question is on the application piece. How can I fix it? Now, when I started within the social recharge, we were all about fixing it. But one of the things that I've observed with some of the clients that I'm working with, it's that they're so fix it oriented that they forget to feel it. And so that, that, how can I fix it? There's a duality in feeling it. And then the fourth uh, system, which is accountability, what happens if I don't? And when we really begin to write these things down and take stock of what happens if I don't, we start looking at the, we start identifying that, whoa, the real way to predict your future is to create it. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. when you ask yourself, what happens if I don't, you begin to create what you, not just what you don't want, but you begin to create what you want. And that's how that mindset shift begins to happen. That's where the change begins to kind of unfold in our lives. Now, I, I just condensed. And I hope that I hope that a lot of that didn't go over people's heads because when you start talking about meta, I'm like, oh what, what is she talking about? Right. Yeah. I want to go back to um your big word which is conditioning. Cause I think that it's is even if you're looking right in our current state now in the pandemic, yeah, um, social unrest, there's a there's a there's a a deep need for some people just to get back to where they were. Yeah, you know, and I see that, and I I've been I've been trying desperately in my in my Facebook group, the Authority Business Academy, if people want to mm -hmm. go in there, about this defining moment. Yeah, like you have this time to make an incredible shift. In your life, if you see it right now, if, if and I, can you just explain that more about about this time period of what people can do right now? Because I see like they're, I see they're still conditioning to just go back to where things were. I want to get out. I want to. I want to go back to my job. I'm gonna get new jobs. You know, and, and mm -hmm. it's just like a conditioning of being normal. Can you show yeah. people that? Can you show people where there is a conditioning even in that thinking? Yes, there absolutely is, you know, um, and one of the things that we, uh, for me, I think it probably happens a little quicker because I have experienced so many major shifts in my life. Um, there were a lot of uncertainties for me as a child. Uh, there were a lot of uncertainties in my teenage years. Um, when I came to this country, I had my documentation, but I was still an immigrant. And so living on a status where things are uh, determined by a lot of external factors, you had to be so um, flexible. 
<laughs> you, you had to be so flexible. Um, also, in my adult life, many unexpected events took place that, again, I had no option but to roll with it. Um, and, you know, when you think about, uh, so I'm just going to share with you the ABCs of emergency, right? Um, and and hopefully hopefully connected to to your question, you know the 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 EMT who comes in, the first thing they want to do is check your airwaves. They want to make sure that you can breathe, right? Uh, they, they, uh, and and even for us, we and I'm just gonna parallel with what's happening here and what could happen on that. Um, Talk about that noise in the background. I'm not sure what? if you guys hear the noise in the background. It's like <laughs> trash day today. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to make those three connections to the natural and how people can make it applicable to their lives, right? So in the ABCs of emergency, you think of uh, your, your uh, airways, your breathing, and your circulation. And I think what's happening with people is that uh, COVID-19 happening uh, and, and really not to minimize any conversation around the uh, the social uprising that has happened, but the breathing, many people, and, and this is every people, okay? Every people right now. And I, I didn't say every person, I said every people. Uh, <laughs> in some way, shape, and form feels like their breathing is being constricted because we've, we've been made alert, like, whoa, oh my goodness. For some people, it's like, whoa, this is going on still. For other people, they're shocked that, what? You just realized this stuff is going on? And so there's that uh, dialogue that's happening, but it's not a symbiotic dialogue. It's not one where we're giving and taking with equal levels of understanding, with equal levels of empathy. Um, and we all, in some way, are wanting to be heard. But I believe it, it's more about being understood. Uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, to seek to understand than to just be understood and equal understanding as much as being understood. But I want to, um, I want to, you know, give you, give you a thought. And for some of the people who are saying, whoa, I don't even know how to navigate past this stuff. I don't know how to navigate beyond what's happening. I feel stuck. I turn to the left, you know, COVID took us inside and George Floyd took us outside and it came with a, a mighty thud right, right. <laughs> and a roar. But yeah. Here's the thing. When you think about innovation, there are four things that you need to have for innovation to take place. Number one, you got to have a problem to solve. Right now, we have problems galore. So pick one, okay? <laughs> Number two. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Number two, you have to have a willingness to fail. Or if I may even add, a willingness to suffer. Um, and I think. Uh, we're being challenged right now. All of us are being challenged to identify how willing are you to suffer for the purpose of this innovation happening. The third thing is you must have limited resources. And depending on where you sit on the fence, you know what it feels like to have the limited resources. But even for those who are not limited in resources, I think that. Um, that mechanism that causes us to, 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 to go into protection mode 
We do not want to lose our resources. We do not want to be in a position where our resources are limited. So we're willing to protect the resources. And at times, the the, the need to protect resources can blind us to yeah. the bigger problems outside of those resources that we may have and not realize how we have them comes yeah. at the uh it, it comes at a cost and the cost may not be one that we feel right and number four you need a crazy idea you you, you definitely need a crazy idea so what i will say to people is um using those four systems shifting your attention by asking what am i doing asking yourself again what am i supposed to be doing by allowing your awareness to really uh go from things that were peripheral turning them into the front and center stage of your life, that will shift things because the problems that we have in our lives, they're not going to be fixed with the way that we're thinking. It's the way that we're thinking that got us to this point that we're at. So you have to embrace and be willing, be hungry, be desperate to embrace something that may seem not only peripheral, but just not even on your radar. Okay. Right? Right. And how can I fix it? When you begin to ask yourself, how can I fix it? One of the quickest ways to, to, to put yourself in a position where you can be solution focused is by turning your, uh, getting a five minute solution. If all I had in front of me were five minutes, what would I do with those five minutes? You put yourself in crunch time like that. You'll be surprised. The answers that come to you that generate from within your soul and your spirit in a five minute crunch. And, uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about uh, doing that five minute exercise is, you know, we love to win. We love to win. That's that's just human nature. Um, And if you if you break it down into incremental wins, then the bigger win you get to experience it a lot. And I think part of it too has a lot to do with faith. Um, you know, when you think about uh, change, change in, in general, 99%, and I, I, I hope I'm not going too fast, but, you know, 99% of people fail before they get to their 30% threshold. And the reason for that sometimes yeah. is yeah. We, we have to, we have to be, willing to say, oh my goodness, but it takes a lot of faith to understand incremental growth because you cannot see it, you cannot feel it, you cannot taste it, right? And 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 we're, again, conditioned to want to feel it, taste it, touch it, um, and that gratification, the need for that instant gratification, it's sometimes there. So if you break things down into smaller increments where you can where you can create that sense of winning within your mind, within your brain capacity, then you are releasing many of the hormones that that push you to even move forward, to go further and to go faster. Um, so for people who are thinking, man, I don't know. You, no, you actually have the capacity within you. There are many problems to solve. <laughs> you have a solution. And it takes a willingness to fail, a willingness to suffer, because it's only in that suffering that you're going to get past that 30% threshold. The limited resources, it puts you in a position where you know it's do or die. 
uh, we still have the we, we, we still have that instinct within us where we need as human beings to come up with solutions in dire situations. It's there. Uh, and so when we when we feed that need, then we come up with so many ideas that become the innovation of tomorrow, that become the innovation in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships, on the job, uh, in that big question that, that, that keeps us up awake at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, so we have it. We have it. Awesome. Yeah, we, we, we are. That is, uh, I mean, you have so much to you have so much to give. I can see it here. That it was incredible, Katura. I, I didn't have to, really had to say much today, which is great. <laughs> great for Friday. So awesome, awesome. So please, I, I hope you hope you guys are taking notes here. Please, if you haven't, please do the re replay. Um, we are up against it, but please let people know, um, Katura, where they can find you online to connect with you. So uh, you can find me in two places, but I'll give you the one um, because that's where you can get a resource from me. Um, uh, you, if you go to KeturaRosado.com, K-E-T-U-R-A-H-R-O-S-A-T-O.com, um, I have a, a free cheat sheet that I uh, give to my First time guests, you know, uh, new leads. And Bold Power actually stands for something. So I'll just kind of quickly run through it. Uh, it uh, just the power acronym. It's uh, where I teach people and I, I, I coach my clients on five areas that can really move the needle for them. And it's P for posture of heart, O for ownership, W for worth, E for empathy, and R for renewal of the mind. Um, and so just those first steps, if, you, if you're if you saying, you know, I, I need to take some first steps. Um, everything begins at the heart. Many of the issues that we have in our personal lives uh, and within uh, our community and societies, um, they, they start at the heart. And so, so that's why I start at the heart. Um, and then we work our way through there. So go ahead and um, go to KaturaRosado.com and, and we can get started if you're looking to identify how we can work together. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, unbelievable um, content today, Katura. I really appreciate you coming through here. And if you are coming through here, whether you're, whether you're here on Facebook or we got Periscope, Twitter, we got YouTube, wherever you're viewing from, or if you're viewing now of what replay, please search Facebook group for, for uh, the sponsor here, which is Authority Builders Academy, which I put together, uh, which has people like Katura, who is the authority on such matters, on the particular niches, and she just did an incredible job today. If you want to do something like that, and you want to have your own platform for authority, please search us there in Authority Builders Academy, sign up there, and we'll show you how to do that, how to, how to be clear on your authority, and how to develop it like crazy so you can get to that point where you can price anything you want, all right? So that is all for today. Um, I really appreciate it again, Katrina, to come in here and, and crushing it today. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of The Authority Project. <laughs> <laughs>